you gotta be kidding me. Everything you just said is my favorite thing to do every day. What I'd really like to do is put the greatness of this man in perspective. I think there's really only three names. Dr. Albert Schweitzer, uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, probably, and Leo Marvin. You know what? You just made the list! How's it going, friends and fans? Uh, it's Steve again. Welcome to a special sneak peek episode, debut episode, of what we're calling the W List. Uh, this is special to our Patreon listeners for the month of April. We are revealing our Patreon content to all listeners to give you an opportunity to get to know what we're going to be kicking over at the Patreon. And also, you know, give us all more content to consume because a lot of us are sitting at home and we're just we're eating a lot of gobstoppers and <laughs> trying to figure out how to live life. So let's do this. It's it's a it's a trio today. I got Kyle and Logan. What's up, friends? Dude, the Gobstoppers is more accurate than I should let on. The biggest <laughs> indictment on my personal character, like as a human, is that I can't I can't sit through a Gobstopper. I put one in my <laughs> mouth thinking like, Drop oh it. no, I'm going to suck through that. And then no, I'll bite through it like three seconds later. I just, <laughs> I'm not a patient human. <laughs> I like it. Don't How even get me started Logan? with blow pops. Yeah, Logan. I, I'm good. I've kind of gone the opposite direction, not intentionally, but there's been plenty of days that I've, it's like four in the afternoon, and I'm like, did I eat today? <laughs> what date yeah. is today? See, I've got my literal work from home snack box. It's the most important part of this room is that this is always stocked with like dollar candy from the store <laughs> and sunflower seeds. And I've got my Choco Twizzies in case you were curious. Of course. Yeah. Choco Twizzies. That's how we're going to get through this as yeah. a country. Is, man, uh, Choco Twizzies. Man, am I tired of this desk? Can I just say it? Like, <laughs> I was I was talking to my wife about that uh, just because we're both working from home and we're just taking turns, like working in this office, and it's uh, I'm I don't want to be here. <laughs> it's it's I'll hard though. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Mookie is thrilled because we are going on walks. He is getting his energy out. We are oh, playing yeah. all the time. This yeah. is the best month ever. Henry is in heaven. Yeah, it's the yeah. It's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's so much dog, fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say my dog and kids are. Yeah, I think we go on three walks a day. Yeah, like we have our morning walk, we have our after, we have our afternoon walk, and then our walk before bed. Like it's literally, we were on a walk for like two hours today. It was fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired, it's, but it's working. It's good stuff. So that's that's life in in virus world, I guess. So I suppose it goes without saying. We hope everyone is safe and healthy and is taking proper precautions. We definitely co-sign to the world of if you are in the realm of being able to stay within your home and and avoid. I believe people are trying to call it physical distancing now. I don't. That's the rumor I've heard. But, you know, just be away from people is what I call it. Uh, and, and all that stuff. So we, we hope we can, we can do that. So that's our, that's our, I guess, disclaimer for this episode. Um, but this is weird because it's a Patreon episode and I'm so used to asking Kyle to give, uh, an audit, but that's not what we do here. But, 
Um, as I noted really quick, uh, this is one of four programs uh, that we'll be doling out to our listeners at least every couple of months on the Patreon page. Uh, so check out our Patreon page if you want to get a feel for what we have to offer there. Um, not only just in programming, we'll also have some fun kickbacks we're going to be sending your way. We'll be really extending out more so in May time what that's going to look like. Our original plan was to do a March release with all the content. As you guys know, a lot of things happened in March. And we just decided it made sense to, to postpone that a little bit to allow everyone to focus on whatever it is going on in their lives. Patreon page is still open. If you do want to give us some support, it definitely does go a long way, and we certainly appreciate it. But we wanted to take the opportunity here in April to reveal some uh, some of this programming to you to give an idea of what we're doing over on the Patreon. You got to hear two editions of our Orange and Oatmeal, our open forum. Uh, last week, you got to hear from Logan and I for our first uni, uh, our uh, Sports Looks uni episode which I had a lot of fun doing. Uh, and this one is a little more, I think, simple, but but cathartic in a lot of ways. This is the W list. And what we'll do here is every week, every week, sorry, every episode. Uh, right now, it's it technically wanting to be monthly. It might be soon. You'll learn why if you go to our Patreon page. But uh, every episode, we will specifically dole out a top five list that each of us have compiled. And then we will go in around and discuss them. And I just realized that's the whole program. I have nothing else to say about the show. Do you guys have any comments on the format of the show? Because that's really it. This one's cut and dry. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Is we just make a we make it <clears throat> our list. It's the W list. So I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. So, so obviously every episode we will have our main WNBA related topic. And if you're looking at the title, you probably already know it. But Logan, do you want to tell all of our our friends and good ones what this episode is dedicated to? Yeah, this one's going to be uh, each of ours. Uh, uh, I'm going to rephrase that. We have each determined the top five WNBA drafts since the WNBA began. And uh, we haven't disclosed them to one another, and they're probably not the same. Uh, yeah. But we are we are excited to, to, to <laughs> dig into that. And to, I, we were if talking they before are the, the show. Same, this is going to be such a boring I, episode. I it's we, very boring. I, yeah. I would actually like really be creeped out because I think we were all we were all in the same place before we we started recording which is like I I got like five or six but I don't know what order to put them in yeah. this so. is the episode where like the Logan take that I usually am vilely against I'm like oh thank goodness yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> if like, we were on the same brainwave this wouldn't have been interesting at all um definitely so we're gonna drive into yes our top five draft classes uh, through through the history, of course, this is in honor of the WNBA draft, which will be taking place on the 17th. Yes. On the 17th. I keep my brain wants to say 19th, but it's 17th, which is, of course, as scheduled. It won't be, you know, in a crowd. It'll essentially be virtually done. It will be aired on ESPN. Thank you for everyone on Twitter who decided to take stand. Uh, and so with that up and looming, uh, we'll probably have some sort of a draft preview mock draft episode, uh, proper of WNBA nation coming up. But beforehand, we thought it would be fun to, uh, talk draft classes in history and get hyped for it because it's really the first actual WNBA thing that we're going to be able to talk about in quite a while and potentially for a while. So that's true. It's, <laughs> that's true. It's Hopefully this isn't the last of the WNBA things to happen this year. <laughs> just put it that way. I, I love lists and I love fun discussions and I love like people doing these video game simulations. But do you know what I love more than all that? Actual basketball. basketball. Yeah. <laughs> people people playing the game of basketball on a basketball court. I, believe it or not, super fun. It's uh 
Yeah, I so, I don't know uh, who's going to break it to all these NBA players filming themselves playing video games, but nobody cares about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm sure I know, it's, I know it's past the time, but uh, it it's not the same. <laughs> Which is funny because the the I will say the Devin Booker video when he found out about the like the season suspension <laughs> is was hilarious. Poss- it's like still possibly the best thing to come out of this entire thing if there's a positive thing to come out of it because he just he gets in pure shock for two seconds and then just goes straight back to playing like Call of Duty or whatever just <laughs> on a dime just like all right like guess I'm not going to work. Um, it's like your parent telling you there's a snow day and you're like cool. Yeah, it's like almost exactly just like you like, I don't even know what how else to view. Just like you're right about to leave for a shift at like Taco Bell and they were like, hey, power's out. Don't come in today. I'm like, sweet. What am I doing tonight? Like, <laughs> awesome. Anyway, um, before we jump into that, uh, we always like to have a little primer on this episode of W List. And by I mean, we always do. I mean, this is the first time we've done it. So that technically counts. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to do some fun get to know you, uh, and also hit some easy topics, but in a fun, rapid fire way. And I'm just realizing that I haven't named the segment yet, and I'm going really slow to try <laughs> and name the segment. Um, for now, we're going to call it the list lightning round. The lightning round. You guys are dead. I am so. <laughs> I majored in lightning rounds. Oh, that works. This is, I like this it. Is the, this is the W list lightning round. All right, so here is how the lightning round works. Uh, of course, as host, no, but everyone at home, uh, each of us will have our own top five that we will be given. The, the issue here is we don't know yet what that list is. Each host will give another host the list that they need to compile. And you'll need to immediately give your top five of that topic as quickly as you can. Once you've given your top five, you will then hit to that individual hits to another host and then we'll go into a circle. So you'll heal three list heal. That was interesting. You'll hear three top five lists, different topics. None of us have any idea what we're saying until we start saying it. That said, gentlemen, are you guys ready? Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start with me to Logan. Logan, you're going to kick one over to Kyle, and Kyle's going to finish to kick one over to myself. So let's do this. Logan, top five Dr. Seuss books. Go. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, ooh. Oh, this is a... Oh, my gosh. I was not prepared. <laughs> okay. This, okay. Just taking okay. that clip okay. of Logan... <laughs> <laughs> Needs to okay. be just like somewhere on an Easter egg. Somewhere. I got it. Uh, okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Wait, uh, just, okay. <laughs> one fish, two fish. Um, uh, At five? Green eggs. At green five eggs or and one. Uh, I, I'm going one to five just because these are the first things that come to mind. Okay. So one fish, two fish. Um, green eggs and ham. Uh, uh, star. Bar- what's the star? Starbellied sneeches. The sneeches one. Okay. Sneeches. Um, yeah. And Yurtle the turtle. I don't. I don't know the title of that one. <laughs> the Yurtle the, the Turtle story, and then uh, uh, how, the Grinch. How the Grinch stole Christmas. This is already my favorite okay. segment we've ever done. Okay. That's, you have no idea the panic that you just I set off. Feel, in my brain. I can feel Logan sweating from here. Like, <laughs> I love that he's like Yurtle the Turtle. What one's that? What's that one called? It's just called Yurtle the Turtle, dude. I like, don't know. <laughs> You're good. That's. 
So Steve just tapped into a part of my brain I didn't know existed, but it was the fear of forgetting like a really good one. Like I have like a thousand takes, but that's not the spirit of the segment. So I'll hold it off. But man, you did well. For the very you, first one, you did very well. You asked for good. my top five. What you got was the five I could think of while I was trying to remember all of them at once. I love it. <laughs> it's pretty good. I absolutely love it. Uh, all right, Logan, kick it over to Kyle. All right, Kyle. I don't. Maybe you'll have a similar experience, or maybe you'll just have this ready, like just on tap. Your topic is the five players all time that you love to hate in a specific sport. In- Five players you love to hate. Just across the board in any sport. Just yep. clarifying. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with number five, Carmelo Anthony. Num- oh, geez. Um, <laughs> I got to think who my number, like, two and three are. Uh, uh, okay. Number five, Carmelo Anthony. Number four, uh... Scotty Pippen. Oh. Number three. Hmm. Um, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Uh, I've got my top two. I'm trying to decide which one, which, which one's which. Um, Number two, James Harden. Number one, Christian Leitner. Okay. Nice. Oh, that Good was job. hard. That was really difficult. <laughs> That's a, that was fun. And I was not expecting Troy Aikman even a little bit. That was good. <laughs> that is a very good answer. <clears throat> growing, good answer. Up, growing up as a 49ers fan and having the Cowboys, like having the Cowboys versus Niners, like rivalry that was in like the mid to late nineties, like, yeah, that was a yeah, that was a real thing it's, for me. It's also so. a top three all time worst color commentator, but that's a different discussion, I guess. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I've actually warmed up to him lately, but in the time, in the heat of the moment, gotcha. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really fun watching you two do that. I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> give, I'm doing give this a nice myself. broad Here topic, we're... Kyle. Oh my god. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna help Steve out with this one. I know he was just thinking about this just the other day. Steve, I want your top five chips, like types oh, of chips. Man, it's funny as I never really completed the list, but I was thinking a lot about it. Um, hmm. Let's see. So number five is her. This is, this is cheap, but number five is just any tortilla chip. Cause I love chips and salsa. It's just, but I'm not like too stingy on tortilla chips. So that's fine. Just would give me fresh salsa and that's going to work. Number four, I'm going to go with original baked Lay's, but not regular Lay's. Ooh, I'm glad you went baked. Lay's are good. Number three is the food should taste good. Multigrain chips from Costco. Ooh, uh, those are good. They're not from Costco, but like they're commonly yeah. at Costco in the big yeah, bags. Yeah, yeah. But they're like the really big multi-grain flaxseed chips. Those are uh, really whoa, good. I crap. have some upstairs. What were the other ones? What were the other ones? Um, uh, number two is Cool Ranch Doritos. Um, number one, French onion sun chips. We My agree with so. I agree with so much of that list. Yeah, um, I have two other sun chip flavors I like better, but I f- like I'm glad See, you went sun chips. I could have went 
I could have went salsa. I, I could have went with the cheddar one, but I just I love the French onion ones. Those were those were ubiquitous in high school. So yeah. like it's just I've, I've been eating French onions. They just stuck. <laughs> that was hard. I've been thinking about that for like three days, and forgot everything that I had factored in the past <laughs> several days. So that was sweet. Whew. So there like is it. your there is your W list lightning round. That was actually a lot more fun than I expected it to be, but. Um, not that I didn't. My think heart rate went up. Yeah, like, like so fast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, Absolutely. I, I want to request that none of my friends or family ever have me on any sort of game show. Because uh, I, I, I think I'm smart sometimes, but if if you just put me on the spot and say ten seconds, name a Dr. Seuss book. Apparently, I'm like I got nothing. <laughs> I got name, nothing. Imagine someone someone just straps a bomb to you and it's just like name one Dr. Seuss book. Uh, What's, what's oh crap what's the one with your the turtle he's like oh you're the turtle okay well, here you go. i'll tell you why so like that that pause was twice as long as it should have been because my go-to is go dog go which is not a dr seuss book it's, it's a pd a, eastman book it's an inspired yeah it's in so, every it's in every seuss like package so my yeah my go-to answer was like nope that doesn't count and then i i floundered and i yeah oh my gosh i didn't even get the shot off at the end of the buzzer just yeah Henry loves Godot. Awesome. Go. Godot goes great. Godot goes a good one. Um, there's a bunch that we just got that he's like been super in love with, and there's one that I was like, oh man, I was just about to talk about it and I forgot what it was. I'm gonna remember in the middle of the episode. But there's one specifically that we've been reading that is like impossible to read, and I'm like, <laughs> man, we were smarter than we thought we were. I. <laughs> if it pops up, Fox and Socks. It was the last time you guys have read Fox and Socks. Fox that one's a tongue socks. twister, man. Holy crap, it's so good. It's so much fun to read to my son because I try to read it as fast as I can and it just makes him laugh. That's so how, hard. Uh, is it uh, the Mulberry Street? Mulberry Street. I think that's out of Mulberry Street. Like was good. Yeah. Lor- Lorax would have made my list. Horton Hears It, who's my number one? Um, McGill Gets Pool is my number one. Very good, my son. That is good. Uh, if if I were thinking straight, and now that I've had time to, I've had a couple minutes to think about it. My some of my favorite ones are part of like the the collections that don't usually come in their own books. Um, and one of those is Too Many Daves. That that's actually <laughs> one of my legit favorite Doctor Seuss books um, because I I have three Uncle Daves, and so it's like an on. It's like for twenty years, it's been an inside joke in our family. Like Too Many Daves, the one that makes the least sense. That's like. This is this is a random way to segue into what we're actually talking about. Um, first of all, that reminds me of a kids in the hall sketch, which is a great Canadian sketch show that you should you should look up if you haven't seen it. There's a great segment, the song they make up called "The Daves I Know," and it's someone just singing <laughs> about the Daves that they know. Um, but the weirdest, because I've been reading a lot of Doctor Seuss to Henry, the weirdest one that's like when I was a kid, I never thought this was weird, but now that I've read it, I've like. I know that they're not supposed to make sense, but this is in the realm of making sense and it doesn't make sense. It's 10 apples up on top. <laughs> what are you doing with like, first of all, like there's an, at the end when they all have 10 apples on top, they open the fridge and there's like 80 more apples in the fridge. What are you doing with all these apples? I, I do not remember this one. Oh yeah, man. It's, one. it's weird. I'll have to it's, go look it up. It's a lion, a tiger and a dog. Uh, all, competing and bragging about how many apples they can balance on their heads. 
And it's like, I have four apples up on top and then just uh. a bunch of like stuff. And it legitimately, the whole time you're reading it, you're just like, I just want one person to explain. Cause it just starts with, I've got one apple up on top. And it's like, I want someone to explain <laughs> how this got kicked off. Cause this feels like a weird bar game that never got explained. And I need someone to explain it. And then you get to the end and they all have like nine and they're like, let's try to get 10. And there's a fridge that opens and there's legitimately like 50 more apples in the fridge. And I'm like, why? Do you have like a hundred app? Like I don't, I just need, I need, I need exposition. Just a little exposition. That's you know, all we, Ted, we want explanations now, but like in a month when we're still in quarantine, we'll be like, yeah, we play apples on top all the time. It's like apples up on do. top. We do. <laughs> it's on ESPN too. Apples on top. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad we got to talk a, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Sue snub talk. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our main topic. So again, this is the top five WNBA draft classes of all time. This obviously will take a little bit more of a slow cadence. So we have a chance to have some fun discussions, uh, but uh, different than what we just did, where you go five to one, uh, we'll all go pick by pick in a round. We'll start at five and then we'll end at one different from some of the drafts and brackets and stuff like that, that we've done in the past. Yes, there will be repeats. Um, I think the interesting discussion will be where we land. Some of those repeats is what's going to make this interesting. So um, Kyle, I'm going to have you kick things off. Uh, and then I'll go next and Logan, I'll have you finish things up. And that just feels yeah. like a good cadence. Yeah. Cool. So, so I'm going, uh, you'll go for number five, right? Yeah, so you'll go five, I'll go okay. five, we'll go five, and then we'll kick back to you for the four. And okay. we will see who determined, which I guess I'll write everyone's names down so I have this documented, which I do for every time we do something like this. And I'm like, maybe we'll use it for, and we never do, but, you know, better safe than sorry. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh-huh. so uh, right. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, did you have a, you have a comment? Like, you raise no. your hand. Yeah. Let's do, <laughs> let's do them. Logan, look. Let's open it to Logan. Any comments before we get started? Just, uh, I'm just thinking about the 500 hats of Bartholomew Cubbins and how I snubbed it too hard just now. I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> Logan, we're talking about the draft now. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. ready. You've okay. broken Logan for the episode more, now, Steve. One more title. One more title, and we're done. The Butter Battle Book is the only other one that I was like, really? Oh. Um. Anyway, so. Kyle, let's kick things off with your number five best WNBA draft class. Uh, so when Steve said that this could be like he had a couple that could be number five, a couple that could be number one, this one fell in that category and kind of last minute I, I dropped it to number five. Um, I'm going to go 2011 okay. is my number five pick. Uh, just real quick, couple highlights. This included Maya Moore, Liz Cambage, Courtney Vandersloot, Gentle Lavender, Daniel Robinson, Jasmine Thomas, Jessica Breeland, Danielle Adams, um, Carolyn Sword, Sydney Colson, uh, Alex Oops. Montgomery. There's a bunch of people in this, in this draft that have made some waves in the league. Um, I think it's a very deep draft. Um, and a lot of people consider Maya Moore to be, you know, uh, an art they can you can make the argument that she's the greatest of all time so i think it definitely deserved a place on this list i'm gonna see later if i regret having it as low as five but i don't i just yeah there you go this the one through three on this it, it like really put me in my tracks i was really surprised by that when i first looked at it, it was like whoa it really kind of hits you so yeah i like that i like that as a as a five that's a good 11 
Logan, if you don't have any thoughts, we'll we'll move ahead. But any thoughts on 2011? Uh, no, that's it's yeah. I, I do think it's a little top heavy, but there are still players that we obviously recognize in the second uh, round and beyond. Um, also, uh, Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Yeah, I was going to bring which, that up. Yeah, which we have to talk about. <laughs> Pick number um, 19 was Britney Spears. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is which is just fun for everybody. But um, but yeah, I, it makes sense. We're going to hear probably a couple selections today that like the the headliner of that draft carries that draft into the top five just by how great they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that totally makes sense. I like the last thing I'll say is I like that this one has call outs in the second and third rounds. Like it's, there are mm-hmm. some that have solid first rounds and, and there's really not much to speak of after that. And I like the balance of this one for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to kick it over to my number five. This one was tough because it was going to be this and another one that I think I snubbed pretty hard. I'm going to kick things off with the 2008 draft. So this went Candace Parker at the one Sylvia Fowles at the two. Um, this is definitely a top heavy draft. It's, I mean, those are really the main standouts, but you have a lot of solid names. Tamara Young, Essence Carson, Crystal Langhorn, um, makeup and, you know, are included in the first round. And, um, I think one thing that stands out to me with 2008 more than everything, Candace Parker's draft kind of was a changing of the guard for the league in one way. Um, at least definitely for the sparks, right? This was definitely a, Lisa Leslie feels like it, she can she can retire in peace now that Candace Parker is a spark. Like it, it definitely had that feel to it. Um, Fowles came in and kind of not out of obscurity, she was the number two pick. But you know, there's arguments to her <laughs> uh, her career being nearly successful as, as Candace's. Um, and I think Candace Parker's rookie year alone is what makes this a top five deserving roster piece. Candace Parker mm-hmm. walked into the league as the rookie of the year and the MVP in her rookie season. Uh, it just, that alone tells me that was a solid class. Now, granted that doesn't speak to the rest of the field. Um, you know, it's not as insane of a field. My big call out that I think really does help it to a point. Uh, second round, number 25, Leilani Mitchell out of Utah mm-hmm. to Phoenix, to Phoenix was, was awesome. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where it, it didn't have as much of the staying power as some of the more deep pit picks, but if you're going to have a strong one, two, I love that one too, especially cause they're both producing to today. And that's why I went with them at five. I really like, I'm glad you included this one. It didn't, it barely didn't make my cut yeah. because I think there's a lot of busts in that first round, but I think that the depth of having Allie Quigley in mid second round and Leilani Mitchell late second round, like yeah, you know, players totally, like that that have had staying power. I think that helps I totally skipped. I totally skipped on that. quickly. You're totally right. I don't know why I skipped on that, but you're but correct, like having yeah. both of them like mid to late second round, like that, that brought it up a lot for me. And I yeah. think, yeah, that's where and, when it came between 2011 and 2008, those were kind of the two that I was like, uh, which one should I pick? I'm glad you went 2008 and, because that was my, that was the one that I dropped. I'd, so I'd be remiss if I didn't, call out some of my favorite names in any of these draft classes uh, at four Alexis Hornbuckle, uh, which please say great, 13 <laughs> uh, great, great player at Tennessee along Candace Parker. Uh, I just love, I love Hornbuckle. That's just a great classic Midwestern sitcom name. Uh, and you got to give me some Latoya Pringle out of Latoya Pringle. Yes. <laughs> I, just, I love that. that one's name. So good. I'm a big fan of good names, and I like that name. So, yeah. Wait, so, we got 2011 from Kyle, 2008 from myself. Logan, what's your number five? 
my number five is the 2014 WNBA draft. I Ooh. am nervous because I don't know if you guys have this one or if you guys have it way high or if you didn't have it at all. Um, but looking through it, to me, uh, it looks like a lot of players that are all-stars and for the next couple of years may continue to be all-stars, particularly in the first round. It is a top-heavy first-round draft. There are not a lot of players I recognize beyond the first round. Um, but with Ogumuke yeah. and Odyssey Sims and Kayla McBride all right at the top, Natasha Howard um, also up there, Steph Dolson, Alyssa Thomas, and players that we know to be like good pieces in different teams right now. Um, basically, I maybe I was just overwhelmed by reading this list because they all went back to back to back to back, like all in a mm-hmm. row. Um, but it just seemed like if you were at the top of this draft, you got someone who is going to be a regular player for you for the next six yeah. or seven years this um, is a good round one yeah. like a like first round this, like the the it might be the best this, first six yeah. this is the first round of players that you add to get over the title hump like almost yeah every top like all of these picks are like yep like we're we're roster now natalie Chonwa as well obviously chelsea gray was 11th there's arguments that she's the best player in this field and she was 11 um hmm. Yeah, now, every team you, in the league could add a yeah. Natasha Howard and get better, or add a Sims and you, get better. You called out two and three not being um, recognizable. Actually, really strong two and three. Uh, you had Astudor. Astudor's uh, the, the one 16. that I, I immediately saw. The third thought, okay. round uh, includes uh, Teresa Plaisance, Steph Talbot, and Jamira Faulkner. That's in yes. the third round. That's a it, oh, I didn't even see Faulkner. Yeah. Wow. That's a solid. That's a like that's I don't want to call it weak, but like it's it's not a very strong first round if it includes those three picks, but like a respectable if it were a first round in some years. Solid that that third round surprisingly good. Like it's fun. I don't, it's fun to dang. see a, a a 6 years old draft class. We have three third round players that are still kicking hard. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's this I is, like that more than I thought I would, honestly. That's really good. I'm I love this because so far all three of our picks uh I don't have either of your two picks in the rest of my top 5 <laughs> and I'm loving that. This I'm is what so I wanted. Glad. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't want us to agree. <laughs> I'm so make glad. This episode so boring. All right, so we've got 2011 at the 5 with Kyle, uh myself 2008, Logan with 2014. Let's head <clears throat> into our fourth selections. Kyle kick it off. Uh yeah. Real quick, before I, I think I, I I want to make sure that this is clear. I don't know if we if we totally covered this. We are not going to include the years nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety nine in this. Did we? Yeah, the first did, the first two draft classes will be kicked off. I think I think the inaugural class speaks for itself. Yeah, um, and then ninety nine is when the ABL f- like folded, and so. <clears throat> It was just a bonkers year. Yeah. So 98 is on the table, but not 97 or 99. So yeah. just because those were just such weird outlier years, we're, we're not including those in our top five. That's true. Two of the first three. So 98 is still in the running. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. So there's, which I re- looked through 99 and went like, there's no way all these people came out of college that year. That's what I- <laughs> <laughs> there's no I way. I went into it and I was like, what the? Yeah. Like, like yeah. <laughs> she may call us Claude Don Staley. You're not the same age. This is not, yeah. this does not work. Um, yeah, that was something else. Uh, so no, good call out. Uh, so yeah, with that, leave those out. What's your number four? My number four is 
2013. Uh, this is the top. This might be the best first three that I was able to find. Brittany Griner, Elena Deladon, Skylar Diggins, Smith. Like, boom, boom, boom. That's just a beast of a first three. Like, any one of those three would be a number one pick in a lot of other draft draft classes. And that alone, like pushed it up over the, over the edge. Um, also like it does have a little bit of second round, uh, staying power. You've got Emma Mieseman went 19th overall. Yeah. Alex Bentley was the first pick of the second round. Like, yeah, like there's some, there's some pretty solid, solid players in here. Laisha Clarenton, Kayla Alexander, like, like they're, yeah, like Clarendon and Alexander being late first round picks, like I think they fit. I don't, they're not, they didn't make or break this draft for me, but I think those first three are enough to make the list. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I definitely know this draft as the Grinder and Deladon draft, but if, like, imagine in a couple weeks here on the 17th when we hold this year's draft, if someone like an Emma Meesman went at 19, we'd be like, whew. Like, <laughs> yeah. like wow. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely I hear you on this one. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of this one for sure. Um. For pretty much all those same reasons, I I think my four is going to be quick. I this is where I put 2011. Um. So I have. Oh, good. So we're yeah. only one off. From so each other. Maya okay, Maya Liz and Vandersloot was like the yeah. We talked about <laughs> how strong that top three was. That's a solid top three in 2011. I think it's one of those that like I play. I have this weird game I play when I look at these draft classes where I, for some reason, like I put them on a team and that's actually a team that's like literally all those complement each other too perfectly. And I understand that's not how you evaluate a draft class, but I'm just like, no, I just kind of want Maya Liz and Vandersloot on the same team. Like, how do I do that? Yeah. Like if, if we had <laughs> those three, if that was your big three for your like, yeah, team that that's a really solid like that's a finals caliber type team right out the gate yeah like they might go 36 and 0 like it's i yeah i the this lineup was really solid i think it is buoyed up by a couple pieces i like gentle lavender um we forget how much stock d rob had when she entered the league obviously she's a high value mm-hmm. player still but she was one of those sleeper don't be shocked if she puts herself in that rookie of the year discussion. I mean, she had a lot of discussion so much so that it's her drafted to San Antonio kind of slowly ended the Becky Hammond era. Like Becky Hammond kind of had this, like I can slowly transition out of the league now because we might have our star in Daniel Robinson. Like that was a real discussion at the time. And, and so, yeah, I think there were, there's a lot of good, um, Shatter there. I just like 2011 a lot. I thought it was a really solid draft class. So that's. I, I agree. Uh, fun fact: the last player taken in this draft class played uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons. Jeez. Kayla Thomas played seven seasons, and she was the last player taken in the in the draft in the third round. So I mean, that's cool. It's that good. It's a good draft. I imagine that doesn't happen a whole lot, especially for leagues that have three rounds. Like, mm. yeah, it's that's wild. Duke has like sneaky good staying power with their draft picks. Yeah, they really do. If you go through like a, a women's team that obviously, I mean, they've always been good, but like don't really get that much chatter. Duke is the one that, like, oh wow. There's when they get to the league, they stick around. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. I like and it. We we can't go this far and not talk about the Australia team that Cam Beige came from, the Boolean Boomers. <laughs> all the so Australia funny. teams are money. Yeah. Like naming wise, they they all just get it. I love every single one of them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even they're just their like national team, well, at least their national soccer team name is the Matildas, which is too <laughs> nice. Good. Um, and the, this draft took two boomers cause Rachel Jerry came out of, uh, the boomers as well in the second round went to the dream. So sorry about that guys. Just, just how it laid out. Uh, let's move on with our fourth selections. Logan, what do you got? Uh, I owe this one to a couple different people who responded to the tweet, uh, that we sent out as WNBA nation asking for, for suggestions, because this is one that I may have overlooked if I was moving too fast. Um, because it was honestly kind of before my time, but I educated myself a little bit and I am going with 2001 at number four. Oh, at four. Okay. Odyssey. Yes. This is a great draft class, but I want to hear from Logan why this is a great draft class. Well, again, like right away, you can at least go down the first round and recognize like you have a Lauren Jackson, Tamika Catchings and like players you're going to recognize. Um, there's another one. This is, I was looking at this one. Penny Taylor was drafted out of Australia to the Cleveland Rockers, which is great. Out of Australia. Underrated, f- underrated uni that we will be <laughs> discussing soon. Playing yeah. for the, the Dandenong Rangers out of Australia, which is another, like, everything about that is perfect. Um, but no, the, the more I looked into it, this one, I, I didn't really know. I had a hard time gauging how it compared to more recent classes. I'll, I'll have to, say that without spoiling too much in the future. Um, but from the just amount of staying power that enough of these players had, and I honestly, guys, I don't know if that's because it was early in the, the league's development or, or what, but it feels like, especially headlined by those top players, um, this, this draft was just really good. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the Portland fire. were still a thing. Shout out to the <laughs> Portland fire. <laughs> I, this is such a long callback to an old episode. We talked about cities that could pick up teams and you called out the name Portland bridges. And now I'm like, nah, Portland's on my list for a team now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be down for the Portland bridges. That's a solid name. Uh, all right. So that's our, th- that's our, uh, four picks. So Kyle, 2013, 2011 for Steve, 2001, a Logan Odyssey. Uh, let's head over to our third selections. So Kyle, what's your, uh, What's your middle grounder? My middle grounder, I'm going to go with some recent, a recent draft. I'm going 2018. Um, nice. Okay. When you and said that's recent. just because, yeah, very <laughs> recent. And that's just because just in the first couple of years that this draft class has been in the league, they have made a lot of noise. Obviously, Asia Wilson is Asia Wilson, right? Like arguably might be. Might be an MVP like next season. Like, I think that she is playing at that level very early on in her career. She's extremely good. Um, Diamond to Shields just wowed everybody at the All Star last, uh, last year. She, I think of anybody who, whose stock went up the most at the All Star game, uh, All Star weekend this last summer, Diamond to Shields was, is, Big time. Jordan Canada stepping in, being one of the like, and and just basically t- picking up right where Sue Bird like stepped out with that injury, 
Gabby Williams, uh, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, give a shout out to Ariel Atkins and just continue eating all of the crow. Um, <laughs> just I will forever. Her entire career, I will just continually just eat massive piles of crow because are of you her. talking about WNBA champion Ariel Atkins? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Just want to yeah. make sure. I mean, Kia Nurse went ten. Uh, like it's just like it's a 20, good it's a good draft. Twenty nineteen. All star starter Keeners went yeah. ten. Yeah, like I just I think when in and this is what's hard about this is from about 2015 on, you don't have as much like ability to say oh over the course of their career because of just they they've only been in the league a few seasons. I think that when it's all said and done in ten years from now, when we look back, I think that we'll look at this as probably. As at least a top three draft class, I really do, and uh, and we'll see where that all ends up in about mm-hmm. ten years. So uh, when we're our show's still going, then um, we'll check back. I think that's a <laughs> that's an astute selection at three. I had the same general brainwave uh, with my third selection with a little different taste. My third my third my three spot is twenty sixteen. Perfect. And <laughs> I know exactly. What, yeah. Here's what I originally was going. My argument was going to be because I knew 2016 was going to make my list in some form or another. My original slot was you could argue this being like a one person draft. This was the Bree Stewart. This was the era changing draft. And if you're going to have a draft class that you're going to base off one player, it might as well be Stewie who is, I mean, we saw the ESPN bracket, at least one of the four best college players of all time, man or woman. Um, then I actually looked at the draft class. First of all, this is the year that it's UConn sneaky went, good. This is the year UConn went one, two, and three, which is mean. So Mariah <laughs> Jefferson and then Morgan Tuck. You then have Rachel Banham sneaking in at four, and then Ariel Powers at five. And then I started to eat Heavy Crow because it, you have Clay Copper at the seven. And I skip that because your six and eight are John Cole Jones and Courtney Williams. Yes. <laughs> then yeah. Tiffany Mitchell at nine. And then you sneak in Bria Holmes at the 11. This is stacked as hell. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of solid players that are making names for themselves. Plus rising stars like Courtney Williams, plus an MVP candidate in John Cole Jones. Every level of draft value that you look for. It is evident in this first round on top of a couple busts. Even I know that doesn't help, but it's there. Um, I like, this was the one that the more I looked through it, I was like, Oh wait, no, this is like really, really good. But it, it got a little overshadowed with, with Stewie being at, at the one, I don't think it, a lot of love went to the rest of that draft class. And I, I just, yeah, I was thoroughly, like blown away the more I actually dug into it. I, it was, it was weirdly shocking. I I'm so here's the thing. I'm I did not include this in my top five. I only wanted to include either 2016 or 2018, if that makes sense. Cause I'm just like, I can't go both of those because you know what I mean? That's just, that was my thought process through this is cause I'm like, I don't know if there's enough body work. So I went with 2018, but I'm so glad you picked, you brought in 2016 because I agree. Like, yeah, like it's, it's a phenomenal draft class. And I think it's only going to get better the more that they're in the league. Yeah. If that makes sense, this case is going to get stronger in 
three, four years. Mm-hmm. Courtney Williams making the move that she did. If she finds a way to flourish, uh, you have three players that in the next couple of years could find themselves to be elite caliber players. Where when we walked into that draft, it was it was kind of the Stewie show. And that's yep. it's one of those like the the overachievement of this first round is is pretty telling. I liked it a lot. So. I love it. Love it. Logan, you're number three. Uh everything Kyle has said in this round, I have been on the same wavelength um as so I have twenty eighteen as my three spot. Um, for, for many of the same reasons. And also because I, I saw it as kind of the same decision. Um, in terms of recent drafts, 2016 and 2018 are both excellent. Um, I decided to go, I thought with the more kind of the spicy selection by saying, like, I have faith in this 2018 class to, to grow into like one of the all timers. Uh, 2016 could easily do the same. I think if we did the same episode in, you know, two years. Um, maybe 2018 goes up or down and 2016 likely goes up on my list. Um, but, but for now I, I did, I, after looking across all of these lists, um, not just because of Asia Wilson, but also with, with Miesman and, and other players that, that went outside of the top 10. Um, I, I think that can easily be argued to be a top three draft class now and in the future. All right. This is where I have to get my hot take in. I, I don't think 2018 is that hot of a draft. Yeah, it's a good draft. I think it's honestly overinflated in that this was the first draft we covered as a show. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad draft. It's a very good draft. I see this being a, this could potentially be like a three player prong draft if Jordan Canada proves. I think the two players that you go, this was, these were the two mainly, Asia and then probably Diamond to Shield. Right. I think there's a potential ceiling on a lot of these players, and, and, and I, I could be wrong. I, just, I don't know. It just didn't sit with me. And maybe it's just recency. Maybe it's one of those things that, like, I have a hard time picking a class that hasn't shown, like, the value quite yet. So it's really hard to pair it with other draft classes that you've already seen what they can put together. So maybe that's I, it. I can I can totally understand that. I totally, yeah. I totally feel that. I think, for me... The f- the rookie season for this class wasn't strong. The sophomore season, like just, it's probably a lot of recency because you just look at the the season that so many of these players had last year, and I'll fully admit, probably some recency bias went into that. Um, yeah, yeah when I, you have- I tried not to let that cloud things too much. I, <laughs> I looked at, I mean, I looked at players like like Asia Wilson, who has a chance at being, you know, the defining player of an era. But but beyond that, like Azure Stevens, who is involved in an offseason trade and might, you know, might be more involved. Ariel Atkins and Lexi Brown, like if, if players like that put together good careers and are in the league for like 10 seasons, we might look back at this draft and kind of it'll it'll be flavored See, a little bit more prominently. Right? But it's hard to, it is, it is hard to say that before right. when it's they've only been there for the, two seasons. The they right. could be is where I can't put stock into it. And that's where mm-hmm. like, for instance, I walked out of rookie seasons feeling that way about Azure Stevens and Kelsey Mitchell. I walked out of sophomore seasons feeling significantly less about those two players. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a tough one because you're right. It's almost every pick in this top twelve is like a powder keg. Like there's a chance, like Maria, <laughs> Maria Gulich, Maria Vadiva, like yeah, you know, Kia Nurse could yeah, become. 
Lexi you know, Brown just got traded and has some yeah, like they, I think she could do a lot in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, I they think all she, have she may, that yeah. in them. I just if, I'm, I'm maybe if you said it like side by side with the 2016 draft. It's almost like like I feel like there is still still more upside to the 2018 draft, but but 2016 is much more proven. But I totally get why you would take 2016 for being like this is what they've already done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's just the potential is there. It's that right now I look at 2016 and I know there are two MVP caliber players. I don't know if that's evident. There's two white yet. 18. Yeah, but I like the selection. I'm not going to out. If you guys put them in your top two, I would have more of a stink. Three. I I get it. Yeah, I I knew I couldn't put them in my top two. I, I I knew I couldn't put 16 or 18 in my top two just because I'm like, there's there's too much of the story to be written, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think either good- one of them in 10 years, we could look back and have them in the top two. I think they both have that potential, but I don't think right now we could say that. I mean, but yeah, it, it's just a hard one. I, I can't not look at it not feel biased because I studied all of these players so much because it was our first right. podcast draft. <laughs> you know, yep. we watched this a lot. We did a live stream on our account, watching this on the way to see Justin Timberlake. Like it was, <laughs> you're right. We did. It was a pretty big, <laughs> it was a pretty big one. So yeah, I'm not going to out you guys. It's, it's probably just my, my, my sneakiest take is to be like, I just I didn't vibe with me. Um, that said, I'm down with it. So two 2018s and a 2016. So that was our, our modern round, I guess you could say let's hit number two. Um, so this would be your second best WNBA draft class of all time. Kyle. <sighs> this is where I'm starting to feel like, okay, am I going to get, uh, I wonder how our listeners are going to judge my top two. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know. My number two is I'm going 2004. Okay. Um, number one, Diana Taurasi, uh, arguably the, you know, greatest women's basketball player outside of Sugar Miller. Yeah. (laughs) But, but just like we've said, you know, we don't want to do that same thing for, you know, Bree Stewart or, you know, uh, anybody else. But number two is Elena Beard, Lindsay Whalen at four, Shamika Christian at five, Rebecca Brunson at 10. Um, like there's some, there's some solid, solid players. They also have a little sweet, Third round, third, third round gem at Gia Perkins, uh, went 35th overall, um, to the Charlotte Sting and, uh, and who earned herself, uh, at least a, well, t- is it two? I think she had two, uh, all star selections. I can't remember. One all star selection, but she made the all decade team for the San Antonio Stars. So Gia Perkins, third round, little gem there. I like this draft a lot. Um, I, yeah, um, I feel like I have to justify it a lot, but I don't, I, 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 I'll probably just stop right now. I I think (laughs) I always like to think about, you know, there's, there's 13 selections in the first round. If you're sitting there at number 10 and you get Rebecca Brunson, it's not bad. (laughs) Okay. Like, yeah, you know, (laughs) I feel there's worse things. I feel you for sure. Um, it's, I I think it's, it's top heavy. I think the top four are really heavy. And then there's a couple later ones. Um, but I just I went with my gut on this one. I really do think that 2004 is a really solid. I think it I think it deserves a number two spot. Yeah, I it, I think it's okay when drafts are top heavy if you think of it in terms of how many number one picks would you be willing to give up 
for a decade of Tarazi or Beard on your team. Like, like more than one. Like, like other. <laughs> there's usually one or two or three great players at the top of every WNBA draft, but those are two that are like can't miss, like franchise defining type players. Right. And Lindsey Whalen at four. So like, you who, who I only her. left out because I don't think I like very much. Like, undeniably, <laughs> I, I love great, me some. <laughs> I love me some Whalen. I love me some Whalen. Yeah, it, yeah. Steve, I want to hear your takes on this one. Um, like my selection or my takes. Your take on on two thousand four. I think it's an extremely good call. I, I I think what you guys said really nails it in a lot of ways. It's um, you have players that defined rosters up and down this I, yeah at two two makes total sense i like it a lot it's it it feels weird because we talked about top heavy this like a diana tarasi draft is one of those like you could jet you could <laughs> that's all you have to say you could put the DT, year she got drafted DT could make yeah. a top three alone if you really wanted to so <laughs> i get that for sure um my number two was already called out but i i apparently have a lot more stock in this I'm going with the three to see 2013 is my number two all time. I think you can look at careers of like, if you pick three players out of every draft, you go, Oh, three players um, might have better careers or accolades. This is the most star studded yes. draft of all time. Because this is when this the league top, became extremely marketable because of these the, three players. The top three, it got a nickname. They all were widely understood. We knew what order they would go in, but if they went in other orders, it, it would have made total sense. Brittany Griner, one of the most dominant women's college players of all time. Elena Deladon coming out of obscurity out of New Hampshire. Skylar Diggins, who was pushing the, you know, the, the long for, you know, the long strong history at Notre Dame and came off strong. I and mean, just everyone came in with such high value and so much excitement. Where it adds to it is, I think Kelsey Bones solid. Tiana Hawkins is good. Laisha Clarendon sneaks in the first round. I love this second round so much. Alex Bentley, Sugar Rogers, Emma Mieseman. It's just, I really, 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 really like this draft in terms of, yes, it has a lot of basketball accolades. You have an MVP in here. You have a multiple-time defensive player of the year in here. But you also have... Like you said, it was this was a, a very strong public draft. This is one that generated buzz, and I, uh, it honestly reminds me of what you know, not necessarily what we'll see in this upcoming draft, but I think like drafts like the Asia Wilson draft, the Stewie draft, what we're probably going to see with the UNESCO draft, even though that's going to be in a weird format, um, where there's a lot of that discussion, and you had three players who were marketable, who had you know, who had value to offer the second they showed up on the court. Um, it just for that buzz alone, because I think that's the thing with drafts. Drafts are crap shoots. Like how many, we talk, we, we've talked about this a lot. How many times do we have to have the, like the Pistons could have had such and such, uh -huh. but they chose this <laughs> the dumbest, guy instead. The dumbest discussion I mean, point. How many NFL fans sit through the effing combine every single year? The most <laughs> needless popular sporting event ever. It, the crapshoots. And sometimes what builds value is that, that star studdedness. And sometimes a draft has both. I think like the 2003 NBA draft is a great example of one that had like a lot of flash and flair, but also just had really, really, really good basketball. The 2013 has, has a little of that, 
But yeah, I think what it did for the impact of the growth of the league was really strong. I like it. That's a, yeah, no, it's a that's a solid. Yeah, I agree. I love that draft. I love. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that draft. Very very good. <laughs> Logan, number two. Uh, I am starting to think that Kyle and I one two our top one two and three are all going to be the same. Uh, my my two spot is also two thousand four. Um, and space with, Odyssey. Oh, or no, our sorry, our I'm kidding. That's two thousand one. <laughs> Kyle and I's top three can't be the same um, because of something that I just noticed. So no, we we won't go one two three uh, down the stretch here. But for for our two and three spots, we're going to be uh, in in lockstep. Um, I have two thousand four here as a top two draft class. Um, as I mean, I kind of made my point when we were talking about it with Kyle, but I I think those are players that defined the. I mean, there's. I mean, Alana Beard just retired and D is still around. So they defined the league for more than a decade um, and are just passing the torch to the kind of the current class that's that's stepping into their own. So um, for that reason, I, I and maybe like subliminally, I just looked at 2004 and between the WNBA players that I, I love and the NBA class that was that year, I just think like that was the best basketball year ever. Um, <laughs> I've never really thought about it in that light before, but maybe my subconscious just knows like, oh yeah, the mid two thousands when you were like entering your teenage years, that's when it was the best. Cause that's when everyone thinks sports were the best. Um, so, <laughs> but especially as, as we mentioned, Lindsay Whalen and Rebecca Brunson being like the third and fourth best players in the draft is, is pretty spectacular. I like it. I like that we agreed on a couple of these, but that we've also had a few that are quite different. I'm so comfortable far, really with solid. the amount of overlap. I, I didn't yeah. think we've had a little, but not too yeah. much. It's yeah. not like we sat down and determined it together. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is our number uh, two selections, 2004, 2013, 2048 again, before we get to our final selection, I have one last exercise. I think it'll be fun for us to jump into. So we're going to do this really fast. Um, I'll be honest. My initial thought was to talk about worst draft classes. That just feels mean. Oh, that's what I thought you were going to do. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I've got just, three of them ready to go, <laughs> but like, I don't want to be one, rude. But, do you, do you uh, want, do you guys want to do that real quick? We'll do that real quick. Do you have, you get a pick, I have you, an answer. you get to pick one. What is your worst? So Logan, what's the worst draft class? I think the worst for me is 07. Yeah, I, that's, that's in my top. Two. It makes yes. me feel mean it's very to bad. say it, but it's not. <laughs> it is not the things we've been talking about on this show. It is not top heavy. Uh, it does not inspire me with great talent. So you have three, Kyle. So I'm going to call one mine, which is different. Well, we're going to see if we can just fill up your top three. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> okay. We'll see. My 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 worst uh, seven's not bad. But here's the thing: I know who No Quinn is. I don't know. And maybe maybe I'm ignorant. Call me ignorant. If you're a diehard fan and I'm ignorant, I've never heard of a single person in the 2000 draft. I didn't recognize one name in the 2000 draft. That was like from top to bottom. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a not you good You might have a class. point there. <laughs> yeah. and, was and that one I, of your three? And Waters, and Waters, Betty Lennox, and Adrian Williams all made an all-star game. But yeah, it's it's not a good draft. If I'm, class if I'm being ignorant, I'm being ignorant. But it no, just like, but but as far as like when you talk about nothing. legends of the league, you expect to have like 
nothing about you know? that league stood out. And keep in mind that came out of a a heavy like star ABL year, and then followed by two draft classes that were incredible in O one and O two. And just yeah, it's this not one, like good... chunked right in the middle. That's like, well, what is this? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I, I that's feel a, yeah. that's a good call. It's a, yeah. well, I'm glad you guys went with the two. Yeah, the two that I um there that you guys hit two of I had three kind of a fourth um and I'll just kind of I'll I'll throw but they're both the other the two that you left on the table that I I would maybe mention but I think that you two hit the the two worst. Um I'm just going to throw out these other two draft classes as potentially in the future we'll see. Um I don't think that 2015 was very strong. Jewel Lloyd going number one overall was solid. Um, and there's a few role players. There's a few role players. You know, you got Zowie B, Elizabeth Williams, but I don't, I don't love this class. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't a, love it. Hmm. That's a good top six. I don't know if you could put that on a worst I'm, list. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty medium on 2015. I, I hear me. If, if you're comparing it side by side with the ones we've talked about so yeah, far. Yeah, I agree. You're uh, like, hands no. down, your, your two picks are my two worst ones that I have. Yeah. I'm just saying two that I'm like, eh, I don't know how great these ones were. And the other one would be potentially like, and we'll see. We'll see. Again, this is just, yeah. it's too recent to make too much like of a, a call. It's in the middle draft to me. I don't know how you put a worst on that, but I'm interested to hear your last one. Um, t- 2017, I think, is so far worse than 2015. Um, there's still, there's still some, obviously, there's still some players in the league, and, you know, but Kelsey Plum, like, it kind of came in like Kelsey yeah, Plum came in with a with a with a ton of hype, and then point. she's taken a couple years to find her footing. Alicia Gray and Brittany Sykes battling it out for the Rookie of the Year, um, and not I don't know like I don't I don't know if they're earth shakers for me in the league. You know, Nia Coffey. Mm, See again, like, it's, like and I, I, lo- I love all of the, I love all like these middle grounder. I don't know that it's like a. See, I feel like I feel like this draft. is something that in in ten to fifteen years we might look back and go like, eh, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't great. again. These are these I, are just the two more recent drafts that I'm like, eh, I don't, uh, I, I don't love yeah, them. I'll, I think that there's other drafts that I would take well, like most other drafts I would take before those other two. Yeah, for for 2017, I'll say this: if you were a team, you know, historically, if you're a team in the WNBA draft with a top two or three pick. You're you're getting someone to like. You're getting a game changer. Yeah, you're you're building your franchise off of them for several years. This would be a, a tough year. Like Kelsey Plum's found a place in the league, um, playing well now in the system that she's in. But I, I I hear you. Like you're not really getting sneaky value later on in in later rounds, and you're not really getting the big game changer yet. But it's still kind of really? early. I mean, it wasn't that yeah, long ago. It is. It is. It's still. It's only like what three years old. Yeah. So again, I have a, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that they're like the worst. I just want to shout them out because you two, I think nailed the two worst ones. That's the thing is I just don't, I, those two are just not, I don't think they can even be in the discussion. I, I think if you put them literally like lukewarm dead middle, I get that. Like I, cause uh, there's a couple others. I mean, I look at Oh five. And I get the same feeling I got with 2000, which is like, just doesn't. Yeah. Oh, five could probably make it, make an argument there too. Sancho Little helps it quite a bit. 
Um, Kara Lawson helps O three. Otherwise, O three isn't strong. Yep. Um, well, yeah, that's that's an interesting discussion. Um, the, the discussion I was going to have, I'm going to move for a different day, so I'm not going to bring it up. But next time we do this episode, you might see that one pop up because I think it'll be fun. But you know, like interest, interesting discussion on on worst draft classes. Uh, we'll now move in to the final selections. This is what everyone's been waiting for. Uh, so Kyle, you had so far at five, 2011, at four, 2013, at three, 2018, at the two spot you had, oh, four, your number one all time WNBA draft class is 2001. Uh, I think that it's a really strong class. Um, I think across across the first and second rounds, you had some really, really solid players. Lauren Jackson, obviously one of the best players to ever to ever play. Tamika Catchings going at three. Um, Ruth Riley, Jackie Styles, Penny Taylor at 11. Um, you know, three time WNBA champion Penny Taylor at 11. Like I just I don't know. I think that it's a really, really strong like draft class and that early on i think that after a 2000 a year 2000 flop of just not much coming into the league this kind of i think was the injection that the league needed to continue building and continue uh staying afloat i think that a lot of these players played a huge role in keeping the league around um, for, you know, for a couple of shaky years. And I think that had it not been for a, a catch or a Jackson or, or some of these others that you might not have seen, you might not have seen the WNBA be as strong as it is today. And I think we owe a lot to 2001. Nice. 2001 speaks for itself. I would say um, the, one of the biggest things that'll go understated. And again, it, on SB nation, there's a great beef history video on this. Uh, Lauren Jackson being drafted spawned possibly the WNBA's greatest rivalry, which is the Lauren yes. Jackson Lisa Leslie her rivalry. Lisa Leslie, that's her, such her, a good her showing up clip, with that yeah. much momentum. Lisa Leslie at her athletic peak, um, like that should be a thirty for thirty one day. That's a great story. A lot of oh, great absolutely. stuff happened there. I really, really the hair really, pulling, yeah. all of it. Yeah, I really, 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 really like the two thousand one draft. Which is why I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off because my two biggest snubs, I think, were almost victims of circumstance and that I got, you know, I had draft classes with all time greats in them. I had draft classes that's that have good players, but still show like potential pieces. I have some that are stacked. These were two that I think when you piece the talent levels together, like they were good, obviously, and both of them have duos of amazing players. But we're circumstanced in that if I wanted to have some variety in how I was picking these, they kind of mm-hmm. got bumped out. So 2001 is a horrible snub for me. 2002 is also a horrible snub. Sue and Swin went one and two. It just the the rest of that that's, class doesn't. Scream yeah, at that's me. such a hard snub. It yeah. is. It's a hard yeah, snub, hate, but it's. Yeah. You leave that too. I, I mean, feel that one. Nikki Teasley is a great player. Like, there's There's good players, but just didn't speak to me. My number one yeah, draft class had, of all time. I looked yeah. long and hard at 2002. Yeah. Like, so, a lot. I went 2008 at 5, 2011 at 4, 16 at 3, 2013 at the 2. 2004 is the best draft class of all time. Um, because when you go down this list, you have the greatest scorer 
of all time in the league. One of the three best defenders of all time in Alana Beard, the greatest rebounder of all time in Rebecca Brunson, and what I potentially consider to be the the highest overachiever in the history of the league in Lindsay Whalen. And that's not to say that she didn't come in with a value, but I think she over sought her value and then some by the end of her career in that she's hall of fame potential retired Jersey in Minnesota level potential, you know, like, like one of those key incredible players. And, and so when you look at some of those key bits, it's more than just championships. Cause by the way, there's like, between those four players alone, there's what? Like 10 championships. A like lot of championships. Yeah. yeah. One, two, three, of, four, five, five, six, seven. A lot of gold just to get against those oh, players plus, alone. Yeah. Just those Lindsay Whalen, a lot of beard, uh, Diana Taurasi. Then you throw Rebecca Brunson in like, it's yeah. a lot of titles. That's a lot of wins. <laughs> the all time top rebounder. You already yeah. called out the, the Gia Perkins pick late in the third. Um, yeah. It's a great draft. When you look at players who who brought in hardware gold, you know, MVP power. But on top of that, records (laughs) like scoring, rebounding. You have a, you know, a two time defensive player of the year. It's just up and down like the like the core of that is such a strong group that it took. You know, it's funny if you're saying this, like, oh, take a draft and base it off their one player. That's you trying to say who you think the best player of all time is. But if you if you take a draft going off one player, Diana Taurasi's that, and then had three other picks that boated up so well. I just think 04 mm-hmm. was an incredibly strong, uh, incredibly strong draft. And the, the record books show it right now. Um, we've talked about 2016. We've talked about 2018. What's interesting is those are both draft classes that could flip all of the scripts from t- 2004. Like, yeah, those those could potentially be the classes that you see. This was their DT. This was their Alana Beard. This is their Rebecca Brunson. Like, it's uh, interesting to take that. That's why I think it's the best draft class of all time. Um, LJ, uh, we've hit a lot of these. I'm really excited to see where you take this. At number five, you had 2014. At number four, you had 2001. At number three, you had 2018. At number two, you had 2004. Logan. The greatest WNBA draft class of all time is. I think by a hair. It's 2013. That's where I thought you were going. Hey. Um, and and honestly, looking at all of our selections, I'm pretty proud of us uh, for, you know, we knew number five and possibly number four was going to be a little bit mixed, but we. You I mean, trading I got the same, off one and two is shocking, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I got the same top two as Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got Kyle's top two are in my top four. Like we we came to a consensus without discussing this that I, I think was I, I'm proud of us. I think that um, says a lot about those draft classes. Yeah. And and honestly, if if Steve went on for like three more minutes, he probably would have changed my mind. Um because <laughs> because t- two thousand four they, they do, they have all the records. I looked at 2013 and just thought, man, the the value of how your franchise would have changed if you had a pick at the top, plus the value of if you were at the back end of the first round, plus the value available throughout the second and third rounds, it, it just felt like it was the strongest. But, I, I mean, I have 04 at my number two spot, and it's close. So I, I hear all the arguments. Um, but I similarly, I, I think... 
maybe the timing played a role in this because I've gotten to watch a lot more of the 2013 class play in their primes, win championships, help their teams, move teams and help new teams. Um, and it could just, I, if, if I was paying more attention in 04 and through the mid 2000s, I, I could have a very different answer. Can I throw one more thing in as to why 2013 has a great argument? Tierra Ruffin Pratt, Tierra Ruffin Pratt went undrafted that season. You know, so you throw I, her into the mix and yeah, it's, I yeah, really like, wanted to take the time to look up undrafteds for my top couple to see if that would break any sort of ties. And I didn't know if that would have counted as like, cause you, you come in with the 2013 class. But you're not really part of the Ooh, draft class. Actually, so I wasn't did, sure. I want to say Erica Wheeler graduated around that same time as well. I got to look it up real quick. Erica Wheeler graduated in 2013. She didn't get she didn't get into the WNBA till 2015, but she graduated mm-hmm. from Rutgers in 2013. So potentially Erica Wheeler undrafted in that one as well. Yeah, the uh, I, I mean, know. and I love I love when players go I like some of my favorite players across all sports go go undrafted and then find a way into the league because you just can't keep them off the floor. Um but that's based on my three round spreadsheet that's sitting in front of me. Uh it's <laughs> it's close and, and like I said I I feel my mind changing around a little bit on it, but uh I'm I'm proud of how similar our each of our top I really like where are. we went. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it's I, a solid. I think that I think that everything that we brought up in each area has its own argument, and I think can you know all of it can be made. I like it. I'm glad that we didn't go like chalk one through four, and then have our fifth one be like a wild card. Yeah, <laughs> that's been so boring. <laughs> something really quick though, out of 2013, because I got to call this out because I mean you can go up and down on just the hardware related accolades in terms of I mean. You have Skylar Diggins Smith, three-time Big East Player of the Year, by the way, when you go to college. Former Miss Basketball in Indiana, you have that, those accolades. Lana Deldon was a UConn recruit who then went to Delaware and made something of herself there, and then yeah. went on to. Be, she actually didn't even play basketball at Delaware her freshman and year, went on, and went on and went went on to win <laughs> two W and win two MVPs and a Rookie of the Year. Obviously, won a championship. Eve Griner is a multiple-time defensive player of the year, and is Brittany Griner. The single finals MVP <laughs> on this list, Emma Mieseman. Yeah. Emma Mieseman at like, 19. I, yeah. I love I, this draft is so much damn fun. Like, I, Logan talked about me switching. I, he might switch me. Like, I'm looking at this going like, ooh, this is a fun draft. It's a great draft. Man. Oh, it's a great draft. Yeah, if if you had the 19th pick in any other draft in WNBA history, you're not getting Emma Meesman. It's only this draft. <laughs> oh, man. This was fun. I'm glad we did this list. Dang it, we were about to get a full year of Emma. Um, yeah. Stupid virus. <laughs> and on that note, what we want to leave all of you with is... Stupid virus. Stupid virus. I hope if you take uh, one thing away from this episode, listeners, it's that pandemics ruin everything. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's really the... Oh, man. Boy, are they... Is that your your new opener for your upcoming stand-up act? (laughs) Am I right? Pandemics, am I right? (laughs) Oh, man. And what is the deal with a spreading virus? Um, <laughs> I was sitting in the airport oh, the other day. Great. No one's even there. 
<laughs> it's just me. You stayed six feet. You stayed six feet. We're all six feet. <laughs> um, that was the weirdest Seinfeld. I like blitz. We just went through. I like your Sky One broadcaster best. Uh, but I also like your what it was that Seinfeld or just any '90s comedian. It was. It really was any '90s comedian. But I mean, Seinfeld <laughs> created the voice. I. I mean, you're doing a real disservice to my Kanye, but whatever. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> Steve's Kanye. The, it's been a while sky, since we heard the Kanye. The sky, the sky one impression is the most obscure impression I've ever done that I knew as I was doing it, I got dead on. <laughs> like, cause I've, cause I, I knew it, like one human would get it and it was going to be you because you stream sports as much as I do. So you've probably run into the sky one commercials as much as I have here on sky one. And I just. <laughs> Oh man. Um yeah. if you want to do the Sky One or just like the year like the English Premier League commentator voice, it's you just gotta get it and he's got it. Like and he's got it. Like that's that's the rooter. And then you have it down. Anyway, that's totally what I expected to talk about right now. Um Yeah, well outside of all of that important needs, anything else we want to call out before we put this one to bed? No, just want to, yeah, I just want to thank all of you for still listening to us with, in fact, you know what? You should be listening to us. What else are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, we know you have a lot going on in your lives and we appreciate all your love and support. When you're not at work, you don't have that much going on. You're not working and you're not learning how to bake. And when you're not singing Imagine into a camera. Yeah. If you're not on like Linda.com learning how to, you know, I'll, I'll go like, ahead and say with without my normal routine, which I I work from home anyway. I'm a freelancer, so my my normal routine is still thrown off just by not being able to like go to the gym, and go outside. Um, my my regular podcasting schedule is also off, and I'm sure for other people too, it it might be like oh the the time I like the time in the car that I drive to work and listen to podcasts. I don't have that anymore. So maybe maybe it's extra hard to listen to podcasts right now. I, I don't know. If if every if everyone has a dip in like their listenership, I sort of get it because even I with shows I'm religious to, I've had moments where like I'll see a new episode and I'll be like, uh, not right now, just not now. Yeah. Like I, I get it. It's a tough uh, it's a tough place to be. But we're getting through it. But that said, you know, of course, uh, if you if you're not with us on the socials, see us on Twitter WNBA Nation Pod. Uh, over on Facebook, which we've been actually posting to more. So there's some use over there. Of course, you can check us out over at our Patreon. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, we can give a review or a comment. Please give us a review or a comment. We're privy to the five-star ones, but you are a human with your own choice and ability. You do whatever you feel and we'll respect you. You can have any rating you want as long as it's five stars. And uh, that was for Logan. Um, (laughs) So... But yeah, uh, give us some some thoughts there. And as always, reach out to us uh, through comments, socials, wherever. Let us know what we can do to to make these experiences best for you. We hope you enjoyed this. Uh, We have at least one more uh, Patreon special later on this month. Of course, we're going to be talking drafts soon. Uh, We might have another orange and oatmeal for you soon. We'll have a lot more to give. And then, uh, you know, if we don't see basketball for a while, please stick around. There's going to be plenty more for us to discuss we are going to keep you well good and toasted and then we are all just going to lose it uh when when ball starts happening again because it's just going to be i think it's going to be a special day whenever that day is it's our big rock candy mountain right now 
<laughs> one day and one day soon. But um, until we hit all of that, thank you so much for, for checking us out here on our debut episode of the W List. Uh, until we chat with you again, I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.